emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my good friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, folks, live, sorta, from the Certified Professional Bookkeepers of Canada event, Ignite 2020, and I hear raucous cheering going on from every place in the north uh, north of the 49th parallel ron that's awesome (laughs) well before we get started before we get started let's get this out of the way uh this is only the second time this has happened in the history of the soul of enterprise we are having and recording the show on ron's birthday and there's been lots of great birthday wishes coming in. And the last time we did this was episode 62, I believe. And it was right after the United States had allowed copyright, the copyright to expire on Happy Birthday, the song Happy Birthday. So once again, five years later, I'm going to, to treat you to my version of Happy Birthday to Ron. And you can all sing along with me if you like. Ready? Everybody out there in Radio Land. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ron. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Thanks, my Ed. friend. Thanks, Ed. You're most welcome. Most Appreciate welcome. That. And Forgot it's also how good the your second... voice was. Oh, <laughs> well, it's the microphone. It's clearly the microphone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not the microphone. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm glad I built that auto-tune in. Uh, but... Look, we're excited to be part of this event as we have been in the past in live before. And what was what's so fun about these is getting a chance to interact. And I think we've inter- we interviewed a lot of people the last time. So hopefully, you know, someday soon we'll be able to go back to this live event thing. I, I just found out that American Airlines in Dallas, ready this, will fly you around for a couple of hours. Like you can buy a ticket really? Dallas to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's, that's crazy, that's, right? I mean, the Concord used to do that, but I can see that reason. Yeah. But I can't. No. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. We would take off, fly around for a little bit, and then land back down where you came from. Just, just because people are missing their airplanes, you yeah. know, they're, they're sitting on an airplane, get, going through yeah. withdrawal. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just telling you, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No. Well, Ed, I know we're supposed to talk about, I guess, value pricing 2.0, right? Well, yeah. So let's define it, and and we'll talk. We've done a couple of shows on this, but for the benefit of those who haven't listened to previous shows, and I know there was a session. Uh, Jennifer Baldick uh, did a session on value pricing 1.0. So give us your best shot at at the difference between value pricing 1.0 and value pricing 2.0. Yeah, it's a great point. And Jennifer did email, and she says, "Are you gonna Are you gonna just make my session obsolete? No. Uh, <laughs> just say at the outset, folks, because." Uh, we know this audience well. Many of you have gone down the road of value pricing 1.0, especially all the black swans that are on the call. Uh, it's great to have you out there. But both of these business models are viable, and I would even say sustainable. However, 
they are business models and that means they are different. So if you think about it, hourly billing prices, the inputs, and we all know why that's bad. And I spent a lot of time talking about that. And Ed, Ed has over the years, then we, then the profession kind of moved into fixed fees, which is more about pricing the outputs. You know, you say, Oh, we're going to do the following and you have this big detailed scope of work. Then value pricing one Oh came along and we preached to you that no, no, stop pricing the services, stop pricing the outputs, price the customer because value is subjective, customize three options for the customer. And now with value pricing 2.0, which is the subscription business model, that prices the relationship and the portfolio. And, and Ed, as you know, both of those words are very, very specific and very important. Let's talk a little bit about that. When you say, because the mantra, of course, in value pricing was price the customer, not the services. And now what you're saying is, is that when you do move to subscription, it's price the portfolio. Talk a little bit about that. The portfolio means that you're pricing across the entire base because there's an insurance component now to what you're offering because scope of work kind of goes away. In other words, you're telling the customer, look, anything you need, that this firm is capable of doing, you're covered. Now, you, we can talk about, you can set up different options and you can cover things and uncover some things. You can have special riders, you know, but it's an insurance idea where your pricing is going to go up for that peace of mind and that convenience. And that's what we mean by the port, pricing the portfolio. In other words, we're seeing it anywhere from a two times to five times increase in price to account for that value of peace of mind and convenience. But once again, also a, a smaller portfolio of customers. So fewer customers that you're dealing with, but at a higher price for the most part. That's right, because you have to have capacity to be able to handle unplanned and unexpected things. Uh, and, and we've been preaching that even under value pricing 1.0. So nothing has changed there. I mean, we know just from empirical evidence that less customers equals more profit. And that's true almost in any of the business models going back to hourly billing even. Yep. Yep. And look, I knew this audience was smart. Not 30 seconds into this conversation, Andrea just nailed it because we had a whole diatribe plan on this. And now we don't have to because clearly these guys get it. She says, so pricing the portfolio, there would be no scope creep. That's correct, Andrea. Beautiful point. It's no longer, you're not, scope goes out the window. Project management doesn't go out the window, workflow, whatever you want to call it. And Ed can address that. But no more, no more scope creep, no more change requests. It's, it's either covered or uncovered. And if it's covered, you'll just do it because it, it's in the United States, we have these things called concierge doctors or direct primary care doctors. And it's a general physician that basically tells their patients for a certain amount per month. It's usually about the price of a cell phone plan that you're just covered. You have access to us and unlimited appointments and you can text us, email us, FaceTime us with pictures, whatever. And we'll just do whatever we're capable of doing. And what they're capable of doing is continuously expanding because they're adding pharmacology, they're adding blood lab, they're adding diagnostic equipment, things like that. So it's kind of like innovation is baked into this model. And that's what I love about it, Ed. 
And the innovation that you have to do, it challenges the professional too, because you have to constantly innovate and do more things so that the offering is increasing in value. And you're not going to create this, the, the, uh, a, a fence between anybody and say, well, you know, now that we, now that we use auto entry to do this stuff, we're going to change the way that we're going to price you. Well, no, that, 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 that's still there. We just build into whatever technology stack that we want into the offering and if we need to change, we need to change. And, and I can tell you, you know, we, we, Ron and I have had a couple of conversations about this. I've done a couple of private engagements that, you know, not, not related to the accounting space where I've implemented this subscription model. And what's just been amazing about it, and this is the guy who, you know, spent his career uh, talking about project management in professional firms, ha- having this epiphany that, oh, my God, I don't have to worry about scope anymore. Now, that, that's not completely true in that what we, what, I, what we normally still do is have a conversation about what is it that we plan to accomplish. But what quickly changed in the engagements that I've been a part of is, well, some of those fell off very quickly and others things were added and it wasn't a big deal. It was no, it was, yes, of course I can help you with that. But if, and there's been a couple of occasions where they've come to me and said, hey, can you help us with this? And I'm like, look, I'm not the best person to handle that kind of thing. You're much better off talking to somebody who specializes in that area. I can give you a little bit and perhaps refer somebody, but that's not my area of specialty. And it was a very freeing conversation to be able to do that with these folks. Yeah, no, it is. I'm, I've got the same experience. I'm, I'm under three uh, subscription contracts now for consulting. And what's fascinating about it is you're so fixated on the outcome <clears throat> or better yet, the transformation that you're trying to achieve with your customer that the scope of work is dynamic. It's constantly changing. And on, on one, I, j- I shared this on another show, Ed, but a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with one of my customers on this plan. And and they said, well, we want to cut this out and this out and this out. And they just cut my work by like 70% (laughs) because they're like, well, we figure if we do this and this, it will be much better than doing this and this plus these four other things. And I was like, oh, geez, you're so focused on the outcome that it doesn't, you're not doing deliverables. We're trying to move people away from selling services and being in a transactional relationship. And this brings us to the second thing that you're pricing, which is the relationship. People say, well, what's the difference between pricing the customer and pricing the relationship? A big difference. Folks, the customer is not buying services from your firm. It's not involved in a series of uh, sequential transactions with your firm. The customer is subscribing to your firm or you if you're a solo. And that changes psychologically the dynamics of the relationship. If if you're a prime member with Amazon, think of all the subscriptions you might have personally, Netflix, Hulu, whatever it is. You feel like you have a direct relationship with that company, with that entity. And that is even deeper in the world of bookkeeping and accounting. Yeah. And well, and heck, and they make, they, you know, they, they make suggestions to you, personalized suggestions and uh, for, for all those things and they have, well, it's the algorithm, but you know, what, what, what a professional can do is really make personalized, customized decisions based on the individual. So we do have a question come in, Ron, and I think this is a good one to address. And uh, it's, it, it's, it says this, that, it, that, but this sounds like what we used to do um, when, when we were, were, were pricing by the hour and we just did the work anyway, out of scope creep. What's the difference there as you see it, Ron? 
Well, first off, your pricing model is completely different than pricing based on the inputs, right? You're pricing uh, based on a fixed price, so you're giving the customer certainty, which is also part of the value proposition. And you're you're putting in that portfolio aspect where you can get three, a multiple of say, whatever your median price right now is. Um, and that's a huge difference than charging by the hour. By the hour is very transactional. There's nothing about the relationship uh, in hourly. And there's really nothing about relationship in value pricing. Value pricing pays great lip service to the relationship. And I think it strengthened the relationship over say, uh, a fixed price or an hourly rate because it forced us to think about the outcome specific to the customer. But with the subscription model, man, that relationship is baked in as much as the innovation that Ed talked about. Yeah. And I think perfect for this audience. And Ron, we're getting some great uh, feedback and questions from the group. Keep those coming, but we're up against our first break. Want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is thesoulofenterprise.com, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. And for those of you new to the work that Ron and I do, our archive page is out there and available with all 309 previous episodes. So we've got nothing to sell you on that site. Uh, that's site. We'll talk more about another site in just a little bit. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise and we are back again live, sort of, from the Certified Professional Bookkeepers of Canada event at Night 2020. Rock our surprise for that. We're, we're so glad to be with this group again for an, another conversation about the stuff that Ron and I love to talk about. 
And Ron, I want to just delve a little bit into you. We were finishing up the conversation around relationship, but also you kept using a word outcome. And I just want to be clear on this because I think it's important to d- delineate the fact that we had the inputs, the outputs, and the outcomes right. and the difference between those th- th- things. And I'm not going to tell the whole story. We can probably find it, the YouTube clip where I told the whole story of Tim and the landscaper. Right. But suffice it to say that the big difference for those of you out there is if, if you have a landscaper and they come and they price how long it's going to take them to mow the lawn and edge and all that, you know, 25 bucks an hour or whatever it is, that's, but that's pricing the input. Pricing the output is the stuff that we normally do today. And this would be, I'm going to mow and I'm going to edge and I'm going to trim your hedges, et cetera. And you have a punch list of all of the things that you're going to do. And that's going to be, let's call it $150 a month. And you just put a fixed price on it. Pricing the outcome though, is what our friend Tim Williams has a great story about, about a landscaper who said to him uh, that he had this rental property in Vegas. And he said, Tim, I'm going to make sure that you have the best curb appeal in the neighborhood. And Tim immediately signed up with this guy and said, yeah, sure, absolutely. I would love that because what that person was pricing is not the output, which is the mowed lawn, but the outcome which is best curb appeal in the neighborhood. And I think what, what, what changes in a lot of ways about the value conversation, and I just thought about this this week, Ron, is that we used to have the, the value conversation completely as best we could up front, which I think don't think that goes away entirely. I think there's some kind of conversation about the expectation of value. But what I found is that it's more continuous value conversation that it, it goes on and continues beyond just that first value conversation so that we can get to, hey, what is the outcome? What is the equivalent for your business of the best curb appeal in the neighborhood? And I just, I really love that comparison that Tim put together. Right, I do too. And I just, to take that analogy a little bit further, Ed, imagine a landscaper that gave you three options. He said, I'll give you just basic maintenance or I'll give you, um, I'll take your yard up to neighborhood standards so you stop getting uh, nasty notices from HOA. Can you tell this is a personal story? Or (laughs) I'll give you the best curbside appeal. And over a period of time, you know, we'll we'll upgrade the landscaping. And so if you're going to sell within a year or two, well, Ed, if I sell the house, and move and then hire that landscaper, I may dip down to the first level or the middle level. So it's a series of sequential transformations that you're going through, right? Because our, our customers that we've been saying for years are dynamic. They're not static. They're, they're, you know, they're not a picture. They're a video, right? They're constantly moving and we have to stay on top of what it is they're trying to achieve. What is their ultimate transformation, their preferred vision of the future, if you will. And this model forces you to do that because it's, it's all about the relationship that that's the only thing that is at the center of your firm is that relationship. Everything else serves the relationship, all the different services, all the innovation and things that you bring to it is there to serve that relationship. And it's just, I, I, it's just an amazing model. Yeah. And I really think that that it's, it's, it's changing the way people completely think about their, their business as they move into this. And one of the things that has been important to you as you talk about this, Ron, is the change that happens even at the income statement level for a company who's doing this, right? Who's, who, 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 is, who is actually offering a subscription. And I, I, do you want to do that now? You want to talk a little bit about this, the, the difference in the, the income statement for an organization that's doing subscription? 
Yeah, let me and, and let me just say preface that by saying anytime you see a business model change, like we saw moving from hourly billing to value pricing and the black swans that are out there, you know this because you lived through it. Um, probably were pissed off at me at the time. But two <laughs> things change when you change a business model. One, the pricing strat at least two things I should say. One is the pricing strategy changes. You know, we we go from buying CDs to buying 99 cent songs from iTunes and then now we stream music, right? or and now we get it bundled from Apple One or whatever. Uh, and two is the KPIs change, that your dashboard changes. In other words, in the value pricing model, you're not measuring hourly realization. That, that's a useless number. It provides no meaningful information. So your, your uh, KPIs change, uh, just like Airbnb doesn't have the same dashboard, say, as a hotel. Well, in this model, those two things are changing as well. Again, you're pricing the relationship in the portfolio and your, your dashboard's going to change and Ed's going to show you what your income statement will look like under this model. And it is, it's completely different. So we'll go ahead and show that. Ed, and we yep. Can... I'll get that. I'll get that up, Ron. So you keep talking and we'll, we'll be good. So, and, and that's really important because what I love about this income statement, if you take a good look at it, and we probably should have started with this, Ed, because accountants, you can start with the income statement because this is how we all think, right? We, mm -hmm. we see the income statement as kind of like a flow chart for us. Now we know what's going on in the business. But notice that it's annual recurring revenue. That's, in other words, this, this income statement is forward directed. It's, it's, it's ending with ending annual recurring revenue. This is this is revenue that basically you can count on, uh, of course, net of churn, right? The churn is the number of customers you lose. But notice that the cost of goods sold is also forward directed. This enables you to calculate cost of acquisition, and that becomes key metrics in, in your world in a subscription model. This is just a completely different model. Um, which is why most subscription businesses have to present their income statement uh, in their published financial statements as a pro forma because GAAP is, it hasn't really accounted for all of this quite yet, generally accepted accounting principles. So, Yeah, and, and I think what's so important about that, and the first time that I read this, by the way, this is in a, a book that Ron and I often recommend, Teen So's book called Subscribed, uh, for those of you who are interested in taking a look at it. And this is toward the end, but it really is mind-blowing. And what, what I, it, it took me a while to understand the ramifications of the notion that cost of goods sold is future-directed. And what you're doing, it, it, you're intentionally not trying to line up revenue and costs anymore. And of course, that completely blows away the use of even the the, the timesheet as a, as a way to, to track this. Because who the heck cares, right? right. It's it's a, it's all if it's all future directed. Well, if cost of goods sold is future directed, then you know why why bother retrospectively tracking any time? So I think this is just a further nail in the coffin of of uh, of, of billing by the hour, but but certainly even of, of the timesheet. And one of the things I just wanted to leverage on and have perhaps you riff on this a little bit too, Ron, is the other big transformation that I think uh, is in place here is the move from efficiency in the input model, effectiveness in value pricing 1.0 to what we like to go that you know 90 cent word efficaciousness, which you know drugs are drugs are said to be efficacious, and you know we're talking a lot about that is will the COVID 19 vaccine be efficacious? But it's an important concept, right? This notion that are you achieving the maximum possible benefit. So it's not just does it benefit, but does it achieve the maximum 
possible benefit. And I think that's another key as well. It is. And, and, and because, you know, we talk forever about how, yes, we can be efficient with things, right? Technology, computer, software, apps, all of that kind of thing. But you have to be effective with people, right? Nobody defines their marriage as efficient. Efficaciousness <laughs> is taking it to another level, which, which is, to, in my mind, the way I think about it is that sequential transformation. It's giving me best curbside appeal in the house I'm in now, but it may be, you know, basic maintenance in my next house. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and, and the firm is adjusting to whatever I need at that point for my particular desired future. And that's efficaciousness because in order to do that, you have to be a trusted, I, I'm not going to use the word trusted advisor at, I promise, but you have to be, <laughs> you have to be the trusted person, the, the go-to person. And uh, I noticed the word concierge coming up in the uh, chat and that's great. That's exactly what we're talking about. Con your concierge doctor is your doctor. And they're, they're there not just to get you better when you're sick, but to keep you healthy, which means, folks, they've had to re-educate their customers, their patients, to spend more time with them, to come in when they're feeling well, not just when they're sick. And that's a huge thing. And concierge doctors have less hospitalization, less ER visits. Their patients are on less medicine, even enough so that the pharmaceutical companies uh, don't like this trend of, of concierge doctors. Um, Surprise. That's because they're there to keep you healthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, great stuff. Uh, yes, uh, we did get a question. It was the book subscribed by Teen So that we recommended. One question that did come in, Ron, and uh, get your thoughts on this. Danielle asks, how do you sell clients on the monthly subscription model? Thoughts around that? It's actually fairly easy, Danielle. Um, they they seem to really go for it. We had a guy on our show, jo Jody G uh, Gundren, uh, Grundin. Who Grundin, Jody Grundin. Brendan, who went from $600,000, what was it, add up to, uh, was it $2 million or something? Um, mm -hmm. by, and he's got a weekly subscription model uh, in his, in his uh, quiver, which is interesting. But most of the time, look, monthly payments make a lot of sense. A lot of people do that in value pricing anyway, because I always taught you to set the payment terms up front. So you're kind of giving them a monthly or some type of payment plan anyway. Just turning it into monthly makes it easier. It doesn't have to be. You could set it up on some other basis. It would depend on your types of customers and the size and the nature of the work. But uh, I don't think you'd have a problem uh, because one of the things that Ed and I preach about this is you've got to make it easy to cancel. Don't be afraid to make it easy. This isn't the old, you know, the one set, what was it, Ed? One cent, you get 40 CDs or whatever. And then yeah, you, Columbia House, Columbia the House, Columbia House records. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about the Hotel California business model where, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, what's the line from Hotel California? You can California? check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Yeah. No, right. no, 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 no. You got to make or it easy. Or gym memberships. Was, uh, yeah, the yeah, same thing. Uh, yeah, one guy said, I had to write a letter to cancel my gym membership. I had to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedian does a whole riff on it. It's hysterical, but, but you've got to make it easy to cancel and counterintuitively enough. If you make it easy, even if you constantly remind them with a cancel button in your emails, they're less likely to cancel. And this is so well documented. It's just really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Somebody even asked, does the concierge doctor keep seeing you if you can't pay? Well, 
No, really. No. I mean, maybe for a short period of time, if you call, but spot. look, if you call them in under in difficult, uh, come in under difficult straits, I want to have that conversation and maybe figure out something that we can do do for them, right? Yeah. I mean, that that's that that's part of the relationship piece that you can decide whether or not you want to participate in that. And look, pro bono work is a wonderful thing if that's something that makes sense to you. Absolutely. Even my when my dad was a barber, Ed, he had one guy who had lost his job. He fell on really hard times. My dad gave him like four haircuts and the guy was just blown away. He, you know, got up the first time to pay for his haircut. My dad says, no, no, look, this is on the house and all the future ones are on the house until you, you get back on your feet. And the guy it just, he, he just showered my dad with gifts after, you know, he got back on his feet, but it was just, but my dad just did it because he's like, look, this is the, it's all about the relationship. It, it costs so much for us to acquire a customer 11 times more than, uh, you know, to, to get a customer than it does to retain one. Um, so you have to make a judgment call about that patient that can't pay, but you know, uh, it's all about the relationship. Absolutely. Well, up against our break, Ron, want to remind you that you can get a hold of us by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And this break is where I should mention that we do have a Patreon site and that you do have to pay for. That's patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can hear this show commercial free without commercial interruption, as well as any of the bonus episodes that Ron and I put out. So that's again, patreon.com slash TSOE. And we should note that our Patreon site is now sponsored does have a corporate sponsor by the 90 minds group we had a great in conversation with robert who is the head of that group and at 90 minds you want to find a mind at 90 minds but right now a word from our sponsor the future of online tv is here view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else visit voiceamerica.tv today Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Okay. 
Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here at CPB Ignite for 2020. And Ed, what do you got? Uh, yeah, Ron, I just wanted to mention that uh, Clyde uh, Harris did send us a question in ahead of time. I want to quickly deal with that. It's really more about the, the, the value pricing 1.0. But he's, he mentions that some of his objections to some of his customers is when, when he either does value pricing or hourly is that if, they, if he suggests that they do some automation for them or scan documents and send it to me, that they want to they wanna cut back. Uh, they, they fully expect people to get, even get a reduction in compensation. So what's the suggestion on countering that argument? Well, look, I mean, you've got to stand firm on your price and that you, whatever your value proposition is, that needs to be reflected in your price. Another reason I like the subscription model is the value is baked into your firm's branding, its positioning, uh, its purpose. And, you know, if people don't want to pay that, then they're not the right customer. You know, oftentimes it's not your price that's wrong. It's the customer that's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so asking, this is a question from Marnie. She says, if, if we're, we're still doing uh, value pricing 2.0, are we still using access level agreements and uh, are they interchangeable? And are we offering three levels? And short answer is yes, we still think that options are clearly important because you can, you know, certainly what's covered, what's not covered, but also the access level agreement, I think is, is a, a great example. One of the things that I taught about that for years was one of the things that you bake in is response time. Right? How quickly do you get back? And that certainly could be part of a subscription plan. And you decide which one of those levels that you want. Ron, anything to add to that? No, that's exactly right. I mean, your 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 access is kind of baked into your options under subscription. And you, you got to make it just like you make it easy for them to cancel. You got to make it easy to move around. Uh, in one of these consulting engagements, I'm, I'm under Ed. Uh, they pick my middle option, but they say, hey, look, we're going to work together for a few months. And, and if, if all goes well, we'll trade up to your, your top option. So that kind of puts the onus on me to be innovative, to be creative, to do a really good job, to focus on the outcomes so they can trade up. And that means they can also trade down at some future point as well. That's what we mean by the portfolio. We got to stop looking at it customer by customer or job by job. And we have to think about the overall portfolio in terms of profitability. So uh, Lucy asks, how did value pricing or subscription pricing work with businesses closing and severely cutting back due to COVID? They're the only ones that kept growing. They're the only ones that were able to get out in front of it. Uh, Ed, you've got that great story about Fender's uh, guitar. Why don't you tell that? I just love yeah, that story. Fender guitar during, and I think they were working on this probably pre-COVID, but one, one of the things that they recognize is that people who bought a guitar usually bought a guitar and then it would sit there and people wouldn't play it until they gave it away to somebody else, which of course would be one less guitar that Fender would sell because they you know, would give it away to somebody. And what Fender guitar started doing is saying that, well, it's not that they're buying a guitar, they're buying learning how to play the guitar. So they built a subscription model around the guitar and offered online lessons and, and da downloads and videos that you could, could uh, incorporate into learning to play the guitar. And the subscription model just, just absolutely took off during COVID-19. I mean, a lot of people started to play the, an instrument during, during that time. Um, the, the other interesting one that we just learned about this week, Ron, is that Microsoft with their Xbox Series X, perhaps probably the worst named worst product name. in the history of the Xbox Series X. Come on, Microsoft, you could do better than that. Anyway, um, but the, they are offering that 
hardware under a subscription model. So for $35 US a month, not only do you get the new console, but also unlimited games. And the thing that I love about the uh, Fender story, Ed, is that when they made that, I think it's called Fender Play, their digital library of mm -hmm. teaching how to play the guitar. One million people signed up for that within a period of two months. One million people signed up for that. And I love that story. Now, do I think all one million are going to buy a guitar? No. 5%? 1%? I mean, the, the other great thing about this model that is is scalable, right? Look what's happened to Zoom. Look what's happened to Netflix. Now, that issue in a professional firm is a little bit different because obviously when you scale, you have to scale with technology and people, but it's as scalable as you want it to be. The subscription model, folks, is also creating a more valuable firm where you might only get one times your gross revenue in the buyout with an hourly billing firm. You may get two to three times in a value pricing firm. You could get up to five or seven times with a subscription-based model where you have annual recurring revenue and a track record of you know documented churn and, and all of that. So you're creating a more valuable asset for your future as well. Yeah. One of the great examples that we have often talked about is the Porsche Passport or now called Porsche Drive. And there, let's suffice it to say that Ron talked about this earlier, but the, the notion that you subscribe not to a Porsche, but to Porsche, meaning as the company, they're subscribing to your company. And the really cool part about a Porsche is in, I think I got the numbers right here, but 80% of the people who have tried this out in the six or seven cities, including Toronto, by the way, that this yeah, is Toronto. available, yep. Uh, 80% are new to the brand and most of them are younger, younger than yep. the, <laughs> because the demographic for Porsche buyers tends to be on the older side and they're going after a younger market and in its convenience, you can, you, you have access to like five or seven different models, unless you sign up for the Porsche single car plan, but you can say, look, I've got company coming and I need an SUV and they'll white glove out an SUV and take your convertible away. There's no mileage restriction and they pay for everything, including insurance, including mm -hmm. insurance. The only thing you pay for is gas and tolls. And th that's not a lease or, a, or buying a car. That is a direct relationship with Porsche. That's what we mean by subscribing to your firm. And that's just a different psychological frame of mind than even value pricing is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I made a note earlier and didn't say it, but I want to get back to the Jody Grundon story because it, pro it, it possibly was the best uttered single line on the solar enterprise this year. And mm -hmm. that was when he said, because he, because I asked him about his, his weekly subscription that Jody does. And by the way, his pricing is out on his website. It's Summit, uh, Summit CPA Group, I believe. Summit right. CPA Group. And there's a pricing sheet out there and it's weekly. And he said, quote, yeah, every Monday I get into my office and there's a big pile of money in my bank account. I can't count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big pile of money. Big pile yeah. of money. That's nice. <laughs> and that so, can happen with Austin value pricing stuff. too, right? Depending on how you structure <laughs> payment terms. But yeah, that's a nice problem to have. Um, Aaron asks, what about clients that run their business with no input from from you, more data entry clerk? Well, Aaron, that's that's not really a pricing issue. That's more of a customer selection strategy issue. You know, what kind of bookkeeper do you want to be? Do you want to just be a data clerk or do you want to have strategic input? I mean, that, I think that's a much broader discussion um, than, than the subscription model itself. Of course. And Diane uh, adds this, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Ron. It's a great business model to teach our customers. 
Absolutely. I, Ed, we've got a list somewhere that we're trying to track everything out there that you can subscribe to, right? I mean, Teen Zoe says in his book, in five years, you won't buy anything. You'll subscribe to everything. Now, I'm not sure if I'm willing to go that far. I'll go as far as saying in five years time, you, you'll have the option to subscribe to everything. And your business is going to have to deal with that, even if you don't. Even if you don't offer a subscription model, your competitors are going to be out there doing it. And Ed, we see this everywhere, don't we? Oh, gosh. Uh, baby diapers. <laughs> Firewood. A, a, a roof. <laughs> a roof, solar panels. Uh, you, I, you know, obviously cars. I mean, they say that half the cars in, by 2024 are going to be subscribed to, not mm -hmm. leased or owned. Um, it's just amazing. This, this uh, is a hard trend rolling across the economy and the growth rate in subscription business model. Let me just give you two, uh, two statistics. This is out of McKinsey. Subscription e-commerce market has grown by more than 350% for the past seven years. And subscription-based companies are growing five times faster than the S&P 500 index. I mean, these are the, when you see rapid growth, most of the uh, unicorns on, on uh, startup, you know, uh, companies worth over a billion dollars, most of them are subscription, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, this is a hard economic trend that you simply can't ignore. And, and look, I mean, all these books that you see behind me, folks, I hate to say this, but it does sort of make them obsolete um, in the sense that if you switch to this model, yes, there's still some principles of value pricing that are really important. But uh, this is an entirely different model. So, Ed, I got to get a new book back here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that <laughs> gives you motivation. Well, we've only got about uh, 90 seconds left. And the, the, the one question that, that has come in here a couple of times, uh, Heather asked this one particularly, how do you find the types of clients that embrace value pricing and subscription model? Here's the really cool part. We all do. We all do. We all get it. And and Heather, that was it's part it's partly baked into the Porsche model. What what one of the things that excites us most about this is that this is this is the place where the younger businesses are playing. New startups love this model. They want to be a part of that. And who doesn't want to start feeding into your customer list, into your portfolio, businesses that are nascent, right? That are just starting out, that you can be a part of their growth. And, and I, I, you know, so I absolutely think that this is a, a great target at a, at a younger market, which is just fabulous. Yeah, I, I think the younger generation is so much more in tune with subscribing to things, whether it's their music. I mean, there's even a company out there, that I think it's called Rome com where you can subscribe to your apartment, but you can live all anywhere in the world. I mean, they have all these different <laughs> locations around the world. I mean, this is a serious thing. You can subscribe to boat, a boat now. Um, so it's really, um, it's something you can't ignore. No, no. Well, we are out of time with this group run. Can you believe it? That's this no, 45 minutes just flew by as, as we knew it would. But we are so grateful to the organizers of the conference to allow us to try this out. Uh, we, we thought that this would be a fun idea for a session and, and we're, gl we're glad that we did this. Hopefully the next time we do this, it will be live with you folks, but we really appreciate your attention today and subscribe to the soul of enterprise, the soul of enterprise.com. We'd love to have you, but right now we have a word for from our sponsor and my employer, Sage.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise well we're back with the regular boring old show ron we've left wow. the, the conference I, you know here's a really cool part i was energized by that not a, i'll admit not as much as i would have been if it were actually live live right sure right sure. but but certainly just to be able to see feedback from the show and people asking questions during the it was it was great to, to know that there were people out there and listening and participating so it was a lot of fun so again our thanks to the organizers of the uh the Certified Professional Bookkeepers of Canada for being willing to go along and, and give this a shot. And it helps Ed, that we know so many of them and so many of them know us and have seen us multiple times. So that was really cool. But some of the things I was reading, you probably did too in the, in the, uh, the Q&A box was just mind-blowing. Mind, I kept yeah. seeing that over it. Mind, bl- mind blown, mind blown, mind blown. <laughs> this is how I felt after hearing VP you know, 1.0. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the exact same feeling. It is. It's when you share this with people, you can see the light bulbs come on. I think it happens quicker with this model than with VP. VP 1.0 was so counterintuitive that it really did. It hurt people physically, I think, when you sprung it on them for the first time. <laughs> but there's something about this model that's a little bit more gentle. Yeah. Yeah, I I think also it it really does help that that there's so many examples around us, yep. and we're yep. used to it. And whereas with VP, we would have to make the connection. We would have right. to say, well, this is it's it's like this, right? And right. whereas with subscription, it, no, it is this. It, it is, is not this. like it is this. <laughs> that yeah. is what it is. And and you know we have a lot of stories about you know whether it's the Fender or the Porsche or whatever, but there's a ton of B two B subscriptions out there as well. I remember doing uh, 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 the Jetpack uh, uh, podcast with, uh, who was it, David Costello. I think you've been on his show too. And 
we were talking about I, this model and he loved it. And he says, you know, I'm just trying to look at how many things my business subscribes to, not him personally, his business. Ed, while we were sitting there in that podcast, he came up with like 67 subscriptions mm. that his business has. Mm -hmm. for, for everything from snacks to coffee to he, he subscribes to designers, um, all sorts of things. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great stuff. And, and again, I think it also does help that whereas with VP 1.0, we had to come up with the examples of the firms that were doing it. Yep. Now, now it's exploding with people coming to us. Right. Right. With like, the examples like Jody and, and mm -hmm. some of the law firms that we obviously Matthew Burgess, our colleague, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, the other guy, John Tobin, I think was his name that we interviewed. Yes, John Tobin. We interviewed yeah, yeah. him uh, in the creative space. So yeah. yeah. Council for creators. I think the name of his firm. So yeah, we're, and, and, and boy, it's just still exploding in the medical. Uh, when I hear shows now on, on medical reform, you hear it all the time. DPC concierge medicine, DP. I mean, it's really, really becoming a thing out there. More, more and more people know about it. Whereas yeah. five years, nobody was talking about it. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think is great because it's, it's truly an innovation in the marketplace. And, it is. Uh, it, you know, this is the inner libertarian streak in me too, is, is, yeah, how, and, and you know, government people in government are like, well, how do we get involved in this? How can we inject ourselves? <laughs> we screw this up. It, it, <laughs> They've had to disinvolve themselves. To right. Let, I know. Let it blossom. Right. Right. But it's but, also but the I, supply sider in you. Right. It is absolutely supply the supply side. Side. You know, how can, how can, you know, and, and this was the great quote that I took away from the, the Texas convention this year was we, we libertarians don't necessarily want to, to, uh, to get rid of government. We just want to out innovate it and make it obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just want to go around it. Yeah. We'll go, go around it. You know? So, and, and this is, this is truly a way and I, whether, whether or not the physicians who are doing direct primary care know it, they really are. They're really out innovating the, the problem and they know, do we know just it. Gotta, they do know they, it. Yeah. They do know it. They do know it because they talk about that very theme, a very philosophical discussion at their conferences in the books, like Dr. Paul's book. He talks mm -hmm. about that very from a philosophical standpoint, how this could help save the GP shortage because it's going to make uh, being a GP more viable, more enjoyable, better quality mm -hmm. of life. And more yep. people are going to enter it as a result. And I think he's right about that. Yeah. Totally agree. So, so what, what, what are the, some of the other things, just, you know, jumping into my mind, what, what else do we see that we should, that we should, should get full on into subscription? Like I'm, I was thinking as we were talking, why hasn't Tesla uh, ha have a subscription model yet? You would think that Elon Musk would have been all over this. Yeah, I uh, would think it, so. Yep. So, you know, uh, where else do you think this is going to happen? Well, you know, it was really interesting to read about how you can subscribe to a, you know, an apartment or a home or a condo, whatever it is in this Rome, I think it's called mm -hmm. the website's Rome. Um, I thought that was fascinating for like 1600 bucks a month. Ed, that that's less than you'd pay in San Francisco for crying out loud. Um, and, and they have quite a number of locations. It's not just like three places. It's like, I, I forget the number, but it's a big number. It, it was like, wow, that's impressive. 
and mm-hmm. the, the boats and you're right tesla maybe maybe elon musk will be motivated after we won't be able to buy a combustion engine car in 2035 out of here oh here California. we go yep yeah well, it's 15 years ron 15 years I know, come on man. i know i know um but i'm telling you 2034 keep the light on for me because uh, you'll yeah. be driving your gas guzzler out, you'll be the last one out of the yep, state I'll of california the like the beverly hillbillies here we go. 1231 34 I'll be coming to Texas baby coming to Texas there you go it is no, gas we, power with, with Gavin Newsom behind you yeah yeah <laughs> I, I just I, I, you know we've talked about the Walmart and we've talked about Apple and the Microsoft and these things just keep coming at us no. you know we haven't even talked about Peloton or all, all some of these other things that you can subscribe to that are really really cool yeah and and in a way, I, I'm waiting for the for the wine club to evolve into full subscription. Yep, I'm I'm surprised I don't see more of that from yeah. some of these wineries. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, the, I was thinking that too. Yeah, the wine club's good, but they could they could do something. They could make it more of a surprise thing, especially there. Geez, you would think, you know, they come out with a new vintage or you know whatever a new. Geez, they've got there's all sorts of possibilities there. Right. Or, you, you know, you just get, you know, three bottles every, every, every month and they, they kind of pick and curate th- those, th- those, yep. those for you based on your individual tastes. I mean, there could, there's so much that could be done in that area that we just, uh, that I don't think we're seeing right now. Yeah. And uh, especially with regard to COVID. All right. Well, we got about two minutes left. What, what else, what else have you got for, for us this week? Well, um, well, I'm really excited about our guest next week. I know it's yes. premature, but Michael Michael Munger, um, who we had on, I forget when, Ed, I remember you were in Spain. I was in Spain and I was drinking. You were drinking. <laughs> it was the time. It was later at night, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but he wrote a book, Is I think it's called Is Capitalism Sustainable? And, mm-hmm. and I read that book and it is, it's very... Very good. Now he said in his defense, the publisher chose that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to call it something else, but um, it's a great book, and I'm just really looking forward to. He's just such a great guy to talk to. Yes, yeah, he's he's clearly one of those you know that the ubiquitous want to have a beer or a glass of wine with him, and, uh, and absolutely, he'd be fascinating to have dinner with, wouldn't he? Yes, yeah, no, and well, and he's he's not not too too far from your your where your dad is. So if you maybe go out and, and visit him because he's a, he's a Duke. He's a Duke, so, yeah, yeah. That's so right. take a take a ride over at some point. Yep. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to him, and we should uh, make a you know a, a quick announcement that we are having a lot of great success landing interviews. We have D- D- Daniel Lappin coming up in a couple of weeks. Gary Hamill, uh, Mark Kozil will be back with us from Millennial Global now that he's moved. And I'm really excited about this one. The day before Halloween, Ron, uh, Dr. Jules Goddard will be back yeah. with us as well. Really That's excited about that. Britons. All right, Ed. So we got to get out of here. So we yeah, already I guess about so. What's coming up next week? So I guess I'll see you in 167 hours. S- sounds good. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, 
feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com, patreon.com slash TSOE, and subscribe to us on your podcast player of choice. <laughs>